We're going uh, to read a little bit in Matthew chapter 5, all right, and, and hang out uh, on a few verses there. Uh, before we read, uh, i got a question I want to ask you. And um, By the way, I, I'm not out here on Sunday nights a whole lot. Uh, well, honestly, I can't tell you the last time I was out here on a Sunday night because we're meeting with the youth. Um, so I don't get to be out here a ton. Um, but just so you guys know, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, when we meet with the youth, um, I typically uh, have a little study guide for them or a little something that they can follow along, and it's questions. Um, and more times than not, I'll ask the question that's on the paper, um, and they look at me about like you're looking at me right now. <clears throat> they, they won't answer. Uh, and then when I do get an answer, it's one of those... I don't know if this is right or not, but I'm going to say it anyway, kind of deals, and they know it's right, but they're afraid it's going to be wrong, uh, and I'm trying to break that out of them, right, this, this fear of being wrong, all right, I'm going to tell you, I'm wrong all the time, Sandra will tell you I'm wrong all the time, okay, I'm not afraid to admit that, I'm wrong, I am, and it's okay, right? It is all right. So, tonight, I'm going to ask you a few questions, okay? They are not rhetorical questions. They're not going to be questions that I want you to just sit on and take home with you, but when I ask you the question, I want you to respond. Everybody nod your head, make sure, all right? You're getting what I'm cooking? All right, so when I ask the question, I want you to respond, okay? All right, so my first question to you tonight is this. What is essential for our body to survive? What do we have to have for our body to survive? Now, here's, here's what I haven't told you. I hope some of you have already figured this out. And this is what I'm trying to teach the youth, that a lot of times when I ask them the questions... I've already given them the answer, right? Like I was that kid in school, okay? I love the teacher that gave us the study guide the day before the test because I could memorize that bad boy, right? All right, so I've already given you the answer, okay? Some of you are looking at me like, what are you talking about? You didn't bring your Bible, I guess. But anyway, what is essential for our body to survive, all right. Okay. Did anybody bring your Bible? Wait a minute. I didn't give you the cha- the verse, did I? I gave you the chapter. I did not give you the verse. All right. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. I, that's right. I'm wrong again. Sorry. See, I'll admit when I'm wrong. All right. So what is essential for our body to survive? Salt. See, that's what gets me in trouble a lot of times. I get ahead of myself, right? Salt, right? Salt. Why is salt so good, but yet so bad for you, right? Can be. I did a little bit of research on salt. Uh, I have been around the table with our pastor before, And he will pour it in his hand and lick it like an animal. 
in public. I'm not talking about at his house. I'm talking about at a restaurant. I can't imagine what people are thinking when he does that. But I've seen him do that. I've worked with him in the past. Soaking, I mean, just sloppy wet, right? Going to a restaurant. And I don't even question it anymore. I just know what's coming. If he picks up the salt shaker, when we sit down, that's what's going to happen, right? You've been there. I would venture to say if we went to his house right now and jumped in the van, he has a salt shaker in his van. It's just, by the way, they're in Pocahontas, Arkansas on their way home. Uh, but salt, it's essential. It's essential for our body. It is. Now, I want you to tell me something. What is salt good on? Everything? Odell, Odell says not on watermelon. Some people say, yeah, but hey. <laughs> All, right. All right, give me some specifics. Everything is like the Jesus answer. Give me some specifics. Like French fries. All right. Okay. Popcorn. Peaches. Some people go, what? Huh? Hey, listen, I promise I'm going somewhere with this, all right? Because everybody has their opinion, right? Everybody differs with this. Um, if, if I were to bring Sandra up, I, I could tell you that we are completely different. I mean, we are on complete sides when it comes to salt, Right? It happened today, in fact. It is when a bag of chips at a Mexican restaurant is laid before her, it is instinct that she grab the salt shaker and put salt on the chips. No. I love, I love Chick-fil-A. And it's really, I mean, other than just going out with the youth from time to time at other places, that's really the only fast food that, that I enjoy and like and they hardly put any salt on their fries Sandra asked for salt packets to put on her fries she loves salt I like it but just a little bit right I don't want to taste salt plus a little bit of chip right I want to taste the chip and a little bit of salt right some of you are you're you're like her and then there are some of you in here that are just like me. But salt is essential. What Jesus is going to, to get into here. Let me ask you this real quick though. What is salt not good on? Oh, I didn't think about that one. All right, but it is in ice cream. Okay. A banana. Huh, that might be a VBS challenge. Hmm. We could get Kenny to do it. He's not here. All right? Don't tell him, but we'll do that. Okay? What else? Okay. Cake. All right. What else? Yogurt. Okay. Anything else? 
Not much, is there? Salt's not good with. Well, if you want to stand with me, you can. It's Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 13. Just a few verses. We're going to look at what Jesus says right here as he's teaching. Uh, We know this, this chapter and and the following chapter is the Sermon on the Mount, right? And he's teaching his disciples and there's a a gathering of sorts uh, as folks have come and they're following and they're sitting and they're listening to the words of Jesus as he teaches And he says this in verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled on by men. Verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. Last verse. In the same way, let your light shine before men, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we just want to pause for one moment to say thank you for another day and for the breath that fills our lungs. I pray that your presence would go before us right now. I pray that you would bless the reading and the studying of your word as we as a congregation seek to know you more and to follow you more closely. May this all be for your honor and for your glory. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. You are the salt of the earth. I began to, to think as, as I read that, and uh, honestly, a few weeks ago, I was sitting right there uh, one Sunday morning, uh, and it, uh, it just, it hit me, and the Lord just spoke to me. And, and the question that, that kept coming to mind was, Mac, if, if we're called to be the salt and the light, why aren't we? Why aren't we? Why are we so afraid to be who God has called us to be? Why do we hide? Why do we, why do we live our lives flavorless when we have all the flavor that we need? And then the, the choir sang the lighthouse this morning, and, and that was just confirmation for me that this was the message that that the Lord wanted me to share tonight. Because we live in in such a world that, that continues to tell us day in and day out, you can't do this, you can't say that, you can't act this way, you can't go here, you can't go there. Right? Some of you live in work or work in workplaces that have told you you can't do a certain thing because of your religious beliefs. Or somebody, a co-worker, finds it offensive because you do so. Or just because of the, the pressure of society, we choose to not be as salty as we should. Or we choose, as Jesus says, to put a a, a cover, right, or a basket 
over our lamp. Why is that? What's salt good for? Tell me, what's salt good for? Okay? What else? Preserving things, that was said. What else? Flavor, okay? Okay? All right. Replenishment. Somebody say something? No? Okay, maybe she's speaking from experience. All right. Yeah. I'll tell you, I don't know if y'all experience this or not, but uh, I have, uh, there are times uh, that I'll get an ulcer in my mouth where I bite my gum or whatever, for whatever reason, or, you know, that dreaded every six months going to the dentist and they poke and prod and pull and yank and do whatever they do. It never fails, I'll end up with a sore in my mouth. I, I guess I just like to torture myself, but I'll take salt and just hold it on there for a little while, right? I don't know if it really helps or not. It hurts a whole lot for a long time, but yeah, I'll do that every now and then. What else is it good for? Okay. All right. It, sore muscles, right? This one I found interesting. Nobody said this yet. Salt, the intake of salt improves sleep. Now, don't just go down salt this evening. All right, I'm not telling you that, but it does improve, you know, a good dose of salt or moderate dose, I guess, improves sleep. Well, here's, here's what really strikes me about this text. In verse 13, it says, you are the salt of the earth. Let's think about that text right there, that sentence. As Jesus spoke those words, what was he, what was he saying? Let's, let's think about this. You go all the way back to Genesis 1, all the way back to Genesis 1. God's prized creation is who? Mankind, right? We are. We are God's prized creation, right? We are. You and I are God's prized creation. And he created this for us, right? And he says that we are the salt of the earth. Just as salt is necessary for us to live, right? He says that we are the salt of the earth. You see, you and I are part of God's perfect plan. You see the beauty in that? We are a part of God's perfect plan. And we, are, we have been called and created to be the salt of the earth. It's essential. It's what Jesus is saying. 
Well, then you skip down and you look at the light that he refers to. He says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. But they leave it out for everyone to see. You know, my, my, my prayer coming into tonight is that we would all leave understanding, having a better understanding and knowledge of what it really means to be salt and light in a dark world, in a stale or tasteless or flavorless world. And that we would go out encouraged and inspired to be that salt and to be that light to that one person, to that one soul, or to that group of people that need to know who Jesus really is. And what Jesus is saying here is that we have the light, right? Within us. We have the light within us to let it shine for all the world to see. I'm going to try something real quick. I don't know if it's going to work or not. And then we're going to land the plane, okay? I didn't bring a flashlight, so you're just going to have to bear with me, all right? You property guys, if I'm doing this wrong, you'll stop me. I don't want to mess anything up. I don't know anything about these things. I'm just assuming. Assuming a lot of times that gets me in trouble too. But that'll be all right, right? What in the world? What are those lights? Is this them? Nope, that ain't it. Oh, okay. There we go. Look at there. Yeah. Ah, oh, see, I thought I was going to break something. I didn't want to do that. Man, I lie. That's like a Cadillac in the dark. Man. Y'all see that over there? I don't know if this illustration is going to work or not now because of that light. All right. Y'all still with me? All right. See that? This is what the world tries to get us to do. Right? Each and every day, we step foot out of the bed. Everywhere we go, everything we say, somebody is looking to do this right here. Right? And we, have, we even have Satan himself trying to convince us and tell us day in and day out, hey, listen, your light, your light isn't bright enough. Your light isn't big enough. But can I tell you something? If we were in here at 11 o'clock tonight and it was pitch black, dark, and I cut this on, guess what? Everybody sees it. You can't hide it. You cannot hide the light. So why do we? Why do we allow the world to tell us we should hide our lights? When Jesus tells us that we are the light of the world. 
let your light shine. Let it shine. So when I look at salt and I look at light, here's what I think about. Here's what I know. Not just what I think, but what I know. Salt and light are two things in life that add value. They add value. Salt adds value to so many things. Let's take a tomato for an example. I don't like tomatoes. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm Southern, but I do not and will not eat a tomato sandwich. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. All right, I know I, y'all love me anyway, okay? I just, I, I just can't do it. All right, it's just the gooey, gummy, I just, anyway. All right, but, and there's going to be somebody in here, I know, I know you will pick it off the vine and eat it just like it is, right? But if you had a tomato straight off the vine or you had a tomato on a sandwich with salt and pepper, which one would you pick? The sandwich, right? Because of the salt and the added value to that tomato, right? Right? You get what I'm saying? Could you imagine going through life every single day in the dark? Alaska's like that a lot of times, aren't they? I forget how many or how long or whatever, but they go through a period of time every year where they're, it's dark most days. And it's depressing for many of them, right? But could you imagine going through life in the dark? You see the value that light holds in our lives and how often we take both light and salt for granted. It has value in our life. And Jesus is using those two practical applications in this teaching right here in Matthew chapter 5 to say, hey, take those things in your life that you find value in and apply it to your walk. Apply it to your life and point other people to me through those two things. Salt and light. Because they add value to life. We are called to be salt and light. That's it. Salt and light. And we need to go out of here with that encouragement and with that challenge in our hearts and in our minds that we're going to be salt and light to a world that's flavorless, and dark because what we have in here adds value and that's eternal life don't hide it don't hide it and don't become flavorless I've never heard of flavorless salt don't know that it will ever exist but don't become flavorless Add salt where salt needs to be added. Add light where light needs to be added. And be the salt and light that Jesus has called you to be. All right?
Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity and the time that we had just to study something uh, very simple but practical in your word. And that's just very simply to be salt and light in this world. God, as we come up against and face so many things each and every day, Lord, I pray that you would help us to just remember the simple illustration that's very practical or that can carry us through the highest of highs and the lowest of lows in life. But Lord, that you've called us to just simply be salt and light. We love you and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen.